brightest day in blackest night. No evil shall escape our opinions of Green Lantern <laughs> from 2011, because that's what we're talking about on wow. today's episode. <laughs> that was wonderful. Seen. Thank you very much. That was epic. We're back with the Fringe DC Movies series, Janine. On this week's episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen, it is, it's it's time for Green Lantern. Yeah. So, you know, we've moved on a few years again from last week. Uh, we started off with Steel from 97, moved into Catwoman from 2004, two really notoriously dodgy movies that they are. Um, we, we, we've come a few years later. To a post-Dark Knight DC world of movies. When we were led to expect a certain level of quality from a particular group of superhero movies. We were, we're even in to the same time as the MCU now. Yes, I mean, I it, it always like surprises me when I realize, oh yeah, this was 2011. Like, why do I feel like this was much yeah, earlier? This wasn't <laughs> 2005. This was 2011. No, yes, this was actually, and like, this is his second shot. This is post X-Men Origins and that terrible iteration of Deadpool. So like, this is your second shot, dude, to do it right. And yeah. And I don't <laughs> I mean, actually think it's his fault. No, I mean, he's doing his Ryan Reynolds work. thing. I think he fits the character well enough. Um, but the pacing is just so weird. He's just kind of all over the place. And he doesn't sit in one place long enough or sit with a group of people or a person long enough to really have you care about anything. He's kind of just bouncing everywhere. It's, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to open this episode really by saying that I think 2011's Green Lantern is is actually not that bad. It's certainly not as obviously poorly done as the last two movies we've covered are. As as a, as a, as I sit with Steel longer, I said this last week as well during our Catwoman episode. As I sit with Steel longer. I'm thinking I enjoyed it much more purely from a this is just this is ridiculous and, and I'm having fun with it and I enjoy watching this. I can't say the same for Catwoman because I just think it's a really badly put together movie. Yeah. This movie is no worse than a lot of superhero origin movies for example i don't think this is any worse let's let's call another superhero origin movie from around this time the first thor i don't think this is any anything worse yeah i than mean the first thor movie it's a competently told superhero movie but it's just not very interesting just like thor like there's not a lot there are, are things that could have been done better um, they set up some interesting things, but it's just kind of rushed through. They don't really take time with anything and nothing even hugely exciting actually does happen. So no, that, that they are the main problems with the movie. It is, it, it, it's far too short for its own good. It's about yes, an hour. What I'm saying. Yeah. It needs to be. It either needs to be longer or there just needs to be less in there and it needs to be more focused. But I don't really know how you would focus it more because it is structured in such a typical way for superhero origin movies that they require a certain length almost. They require that kind of two hours ten, don't they, to, to actually yes. be told in a way that allows you to sit down sometimes and get to know certain people for a decentish amount of time before you move on to a thing. This is a, a tried and tested formula and more often than not, it does work. This movie does rush some things. It does feel like it never gets time 
for you to actually sit with Hal Jordan and, and really learn who he is. It's a little bit too surface level, a little bit too yes. dimensional. And that is a shame. Because they Most do kind of notably, deal with some great concepts in there, because obviously this other element um, that is a power source in this universe is fear. So they have this setup of this fear that he'll end up like his father and, you know, not wanting to, to you know, submit to fear because he always felt like his father was fearless. So you have all these emotional things that he's dealing with that play into a, 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 a kind of toxic power in this universe. So they could have done some really interesting things playing around with that and him dealing with his fear. Um in terms of how that emotion works in the world of the Green Lanterns. Um, but they kept it very surface level and and kind of quickly resolved by the by the point in the film that you need it to be resolved. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. easily. And a little yeah. bit too easily. Yeah, all he really... needed was Blake Lively to kind of give him a look and say, you have courage and that's yeah. it. Given <laughs> the setup of the power of the, the, you know, the, the fear energy and, and parallax and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's set up as such a, a, a world ending, a civilization ending yeah. entity that it does feel like it's quite easily defeated at the end of this movie far too easily. But like you said, that fight of positive willpower versus fear is such an interesting concept. And I suppose that is just an interesting thing, not necessarily about this movie, but simply about Green Lantern. I suppose that's just a, an interesting idea to do with that particular character, that particular series of characters, those particular stories. Yeah. Which I've never really been massively familiar with yeah, same. here and there i've been you know aware of the idea of green lantern aware of the idea of the green lantern core essentially being you know space police officers and kind of going around um as as one force one unit stopping danger wherever they see it and see and then... around being all green Yes, and... which is also kind of a ridiculous thing to me that Hal barely spends any time there with them. We see a lot of them kind of doing their own thing. Barely any time with Hal and, and really him learning the world. It's like the, the training sequence is literally so short. Yeah, and it's then... not long at all. There's no then, real time with him and Sinestro. Yes, and to him, for him to not, for them to not come to Earth and like help more or kind of team up with him and work with him, like there needed to be, it, there needed to be more leaning into kind of the superhero, you know, bullet points with this movie um, instead of kind of rushing through them. Obviously, you have him on this planet; he's learning from these people you know have him form some bond with them he, you know i like that they had he had this moment of feeling like he wasn't worthy and just kind of quitting that is obviously you know a common thing you see in a movie like this so i like that point but he got to that point way too quickly <laughs> of just giving up yeah um yeah so more time on the planet with these people training and learning from them and and forming these bonds with them so then at a certain point they could come down to earth and help him and do their job as like these cops that are like are enforcing this thing and stopping this monster parallax that is kind of their creation almost so yeah the fact that there was not more of the the core happening and more kind of team up elements um, they didn't. They weren't able to balance Hal's story as the Green Lantern and the core, so they just kind of kept them separate for most of the movie. Instead of having him really rely on the core, learn from the core, be a part of the core, or learn how to be a part of the core, and then kind of do his own thing, and then have them come support him in some way, and then bring them together, because that would have yeah. made the most sense if you're going to kind of keep them separate then at least find a way to bring them together at a certain point so that you know that builds your finale to this kind of big 
full feeling thing, especially with the Green Lantern Corps being a huge part of of that character. So yeah. yeah, just just the fact that he was only in certain places for such short periods of time, even the moments at the beginning with his family and his the relationship with his nephew and his brother and all of that, that was so kind of rushed through as well. So we don't really get to see him form any real bonds with anyone. The most person he spends time with is Blake Lively. And even then. Well, that's that's co- that that's resulted in a something positive for them in real life anyway. Yes. So, so I'm just saying, like in, in the context of the story, like we get the most scenes with them and even that is just kind of tapping into the romance bullet point and doesn't really delve any deeper than that. So Yeah, it, it is. It's a very it's an unfortunately surface level superhero origin yeah. movie that is is decent enough that you kind of enjoy watching it, but really it just, it feels lacking and it certainly is is visually quite horrible to look at. And this is, yeah. this is really its main issue. Why, why they ever decided to make <laughs> everything particularly... All the, suit, the, of mask. the Green Lantern suits for everybody, totally CG. Yeah. The mask, the eye mask being CG is the absolute worst thing I think I've ever seen, ever. Like, yeah. not even cat, at least Catwoman's stuff at least was a thing <laughs> Halle Berry was wearing. This isn't even anything that Ryan Reynolds is wearing. This yeah. is just something that's been put on, on in post production yeah and and it looks that way it does look that way it looks very obviously that way it looks terrible this is the issue with this movie i think this is why this movie gets lambasted as much as it does because i actually think that you know after having seen it now that i think a lot of people or or my understanding of exactly how you know quote unquote bad this movie was has been exaggerated because i do not think it's as bad a movie overall as it's made out to be i just think it's visually nasty to look at it's not nice visual it's very surface level as a movie yeah and it's and it's a surface level movie that that is lacking in depth is lacking in in kind of character moments sitting with yes, people for a like, certain length of time mm-hmm. but you can't you can't get away from the fact that a movie of this style of this type a, a, a large budgeted superhero movie from DC now i know that this wasn't with legendary pictures who had done all of them i think between catwoman and this movie so all the dark knight stuff i think superman returns that sort of stuff was all legendary pictures as well so you get a bit more of a continuity like separate little production company yes yeah um and then obviously you move into the dc universe once you get man of steel um of which this was supposed to be the start of that you know, yeah, they, and they had already greenlit supposed to be that. And they had already greenlit two sequels. There was already talks of like a Green Lantern core movie that they had on their schedule and all of this stuff. Um, and then this movie didn't really do. I think it like the budget was like 200 million and it made 219 million, <laughs> but it ended up in general with, with promotion and stuff like that, losing yeah, losing like, it, it like 75 million, something like that. Um, so then obviously all that stuff was scrapped. Um, but yeah, just the fact that they really just did not go as hard as they could have gone with this movie. Like, and, and like you said, with the character moments, like the whole thing of that ring choosing him is because, you know, they, it sees something in him, some positive force in him, something that maybe he doesn't see in himself. But up to that point, we haven't really seen how do anything that makes us see that he's worthy of it. So even if they just had a moment with him doing something noble or generous without kind of thinking about it, 
you know, if he was, yeah, you know, he sees somebody in an alley getting, you know, just a generic kind of thing, see somebody getting beat up or something, and he's gonna ignore it and go home, but against, you know, that judgment, he says, no, I'm gonna go help this person or something, you know, and then the, the ring chooses him. But to just kind of see him be this cocky guy who doesn't really care, who obviously has these repressed things going on, um, get this ring, like, you're kind of wondering why, but then I guess they want that to play into us feeling like Hal and maybe relating to him, like, because he doesn't even know why the ring chose him. But I'd like us to be, in in how this story is laid out, I, I think it would have been better for us to see something in Hal and him and waiting for him to see it in himself. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think that is probably the better way to go. I, I think quite thankfully, I always like to have this mentality when I'm watching kind of comic book stuff, superhero stuff, that I'm not hugely familiar with the characters in the first place. You know, you get it a lot these days with MCU stuff because I'm so unfamiliar with kind of new characters that come into it. Yeah. Um, I always think, okay, I'll watch this movie, show, whatever. Do I then, after having watched it, feel like I want to go and read up on that character? Do I feel like I want to go and learn more about that character, potentially, potentially, even, you know, buy a book and get into it and become more of a, a fan of, of that character. And in a strange a way barometer. in a strange way, I've always I've always had that. I certainly remember very strongly doing that with Daredevil after having watched Netflix's Daredevil and just oh, getting and all okay. really, really I suppose that entire world of those Netflix Marvel things, um, for the most part, watching them, getting really into them, and then actually going buying the books and really, really getting into it. So yes, I've always well, been, I've, I always feel like I've been like that when it comes to this particular genre of things. Was I like that with Green Lantern? In a strange way, yes. Because you kind of want to see yeah. a better, a better. Was it more from the the vein of I want to see a better adaptation? Because there are some bones here for some interesting things, but it was not illustrated to me. So the comics might actually illustrate this better, and so it's not out of a drive of the content inspiring you. It's more well, like sometimes it is. No, absolutely. <laughs> but most I think I'm just saying. In, what I'm saying in this case. And <laughs> so in this case, it's not, it wasn't about the content itself inspiring you to learn more. It was more like, this was not done well, but, you know, there's something interesting here. Let me see a better adaptation of it. Exactly. You know, <laughs> there, there is concepts here. I really like the will, the positive willpower versus fear idea. I really yes. like that. I like the, the fact- idea of learning... Yeah about the whole world of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And, and whole mission you know, and all everything. these different sectors, all these different areas, the teamwork that involves it. I know there's obviously like three or four different major Green Lanterns from Earth, isn't there? Because you get Jon Stewart, who I know from the, mainly from the Justice League animated show. I think there's somebody called Kyle somebody as well. Um, I'm really not hugely familiar with Green Lantern as a, you know, as a character, as a story. Yeah. But it, I, I see things in this movie that I, I am interested in. Like you said, wish they would have been fleshed out more and would absolutely love to see in the new iteration of the DC movies, James Gunn's headed world of DC, I yeah. want to see a really top quality Green Lantern movie, series, whatever, come out of that. Yes. I really, really do, because I think there's such good things at the base of this movie that is just 
never executed well. I don't know what they were trying to aim at. What did they want to? Who were they targeting? I don't yeah. know who they were targeting with this movie. Why did they feel like it had to be shorter? Because usually when you know, say a movie studio wants a major blockbuster to be shorter, it's because it would then become more action heavy and, and snappier. Yes, and even the action wasn't. wasn't yeah, the action wasn't great. Um, and it doesn't feel like it really builds to anything. Even with our villain, you set up this whole kind of thing happening with Peter Sarsgaard and him uh feeling like this loser and then gaining this power and um having big boils come out of his head yes and and you know now wanting to get revenge on all the people who you know have made him feel miserable and all of this and then just to immediately kill him and then we're back to parallax like so his whole arc feels completely pointless and and like a total waste as well it does but i suppose it's probably to do with they want to keep the idea as it being big picture facing your fear of an idea don't they that's what they want the idea of the movie to be it's facing fear and it's simply just embodiments of that fear that you need to get over right which is unfortunate rather than treating you know peter sarsgaard's guy as an actual character by the end because i found him somewhat interesting for most of the movie, I kind yeah, of yeah, but again, you know, they don't delve into it. Guy, but they keep who it gets very taken surface. over. Essentially, he gets possessed, doesn't he? Essentially, yeah. by Parallax's fear power of, of, that, that's yellow. It's all coloured. I like that as well. I like yeah different colours signifying different things. Yeah, but I mean, even um, this this setup with this supposedly a relationship that that um that peter sarsgaard's character hector had with hal and uh blake lively like they have a history but we don't really even delve into that very much we only no. kind of learn about that at this party that happens that they have some kind of history and then all of a sudden it's supposed to kind of be this major plot point where now Hector is jealous of Hal because he is into Blake Lively and wants to be with her. And he always wanted to be with her, but Hal was always in the way. And that all feels so rushed. Like they could have played with that from the beginning, seen the three of them like have this dynamic together, build up Peter Sarsgaard's kind of feeling this, um, you know, passive aggressiveness between him and Hal, um, misinterpreting, you know, um, how how and and Blake Lively's character are together and kind of twist it to be some type of attack against him. You know, they could have delved into that relationship more so that when, you know, he does go into full-fledged villain, that would have had more significance. There would have been some, you know, hurt feelings and broken friendship behind his turn. Yeah, something. We've, we've seen that happen in, in a fair few comic book villains yes. you know, they, they have that personal connection their own mentality twists a certain relationship twists a certain friendship into something they consider as negative or, or something they can't Against deal with them. because they're insecure yeah. or something like that yes it and then play into the his time. fear his fear coming yes. over him and and turning him into this thing to you know kind of push him into his final form as the villain in this um and then have yes and then have more time with him actually being a full-fledged uh antagonist before just kind of taking him out by by your bigger bad or or have him team up with the bigger bad or have him you know want to consume it and, and then that he meets his demise or something but they just keep everything so surface they just throw exposition all kind of last minute because the fact that we see Hector as this very separate character and it's only until this party and just a few lines of dialogue that we're supposed to learn that there's some history between the three of them just felt yeah. very lazy it did it did and it, I think really the entire opinion on this movie just comes down to 
it being unfortunate as opposed to actually actively, you know, a, a, a quote unquote bad movie. It's just unfortunate that it's not, it doesn't finish what it starts. It doesn't yeah. expand on what it puts on the foundation. Yeah. It, it just has the foundation and then just thinks that's okay to make a building. Yeah, you know, this it, this movie feels like one whole big run on sentence. Yeah, there's no there's no completion yeah. of things really, and there's when it does obviously finish when the story does wrap up, it happens quickly, like you're saying, and it happens with somehow little fight when it's been built up so much of how destructive and how powerful the parallax entity is yeah. you know he's the parallax entity has destroyed um tamwera morrison's character who is the head of the green lantern corps really isn't he the most powerful yeah warrior, his the name. most intelligent one uh sinestro's kind of mentor um, too. yes and the fact that it does kind of lead to this finale of parallax being seemingly easily killed by just one green lantern who's not even an experienced lantern in how without any help from the team I mean, they set up Parallax and then it, like it's this big kind of twist reveal that Parallax was, you know, one of their head council people. Yeah. So it's the a, Guardians. It's an, yes. An enemy that seemingly should know a lot about them, which should make them even scarier of a villain because it knows how the core works, it knows how they think, it knows their strategies. So they could have played into that with Parallax and made it more than just this floating head. Because, you know, you reveal this big twist, like you're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, this their enemy was one of them all along. So play yeah. into the fact that it's, it's you know, somebody from their side who turned and was turned by this power of fear and all of these things. And then play into that. Play into it being an even scarier villain because, because it was one of you. It knows how you think. It knows how you work. It knows what you're planning, how you're planning to stop them. Something. To just make it feel so, you know, unbeatable so that that big finale moment feels even bigger. I feel like, I feel like it would be easy to say that, you know, if and when they do a Green Lantern, you know, movie now, that you have 12 years worth of you know an awful lot of superhero movies an awful lot of comic book movie and tv things out there to you know that, that you now realize as a producer as a filmmaker as a creator as a writer whatever that you know there there is that you you realize the the quote-unquote correct way of doing things yeah because there has obviously been so many comic book movies and tv shows over the last over the 2010s you know that we 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 know now we almost know now how to recognize um something done particularly well even though of course Things change up. Things aren't necessarily as formulaic as, as some people would have you believe. Yeah. Um, there is still a certain structure. There is still a certain level of depth that you need. And that has been consistent throughout all the best. Yeah. So even if you of do. Of the 2010s. Yes. Now, so even if you have those you... beats and structure, you need to go a little bit deeper with your characters and make those things the interesting part. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. It would be easy to say that, oh, this was 2011. They didn't know any better. Um, they hadn't had the last 10 years worth of, of superhero movies to make them realize, oh, that's how it should be done. We, we actually do need to spend time with people. But I think that would also actually be quite a wrong thing to say because look at some of the ones that came before Green Lantern. 
Yes. I mean, look at something like Iron Man. Uh, a great character setup. You get, uh, you know, the introduction of a character, an arc, you know, a purpose. You get deeper into the character himself and, and this really turn that he goes like through. Him. Yes, you don't like him. You think he's an egotistical jerk. He goes through this whole thing and then it, that in, implores him and pushes him to make this change, to want to do good, to see what the weapons he's been creating has done to the to the greater world and seeing that bigger picture and learning from that um and so you i never get liked i never liked tony stark until he started becoming peter parker's pseudo dad <laughs> that was when i started liking him yes but you had gone into seeing him in other things before seeing any of his movies so i think yeah. i'd like to think in at least seeing that first movie you kind of at least got the character moments, the arc and the understanding of that character so yes it hit all the beats you know introducing your character letting them have this arc them now yeah. you know finding their purpose in being a superhero all of those things it's very basic yes big kind of ending finale with your villain twist on the villain all of that things that we've seen before but because they focused on sitting with this character getting to know him understanding him you know, seeing the turn that he makes, seeing the realization that he comes to. You can take those those kind of generic beats, but when you put effort into specific things, particularly your lead character, and make them interesting and dynamic and and sympathetic and all of these things, that elevates your very, um, you know, paint-by-numbers kind of plot. But you elevate it by having an interesting character and focusing on character moments and yeah and, and things that, like that and that is what every good superhero origin movie has done yeah it, it doesn't change the formula it just has its own themes and its own depth and its own spin on those that is and, and it's what green lantern doesn't do because it's just too quick it's too one and done bang 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 there you go there's your movie yeah. It feels like it's an hour and a half. It feels yeah, like, like it's a You get the ring delete. and then you go to space and then you trade for two seconds and then you think, oh, I'm not good enough. But then you still go back to Earth and you're still wearing the suit and still seemingly using the power, even though you said you've quit. Um, yeah. You see this it's... greater world of all these, of the Green Lantern Corps, how big it is, how huge it is, but yet they have nothing to do or play into the greater plot this whole big thing is coming to where Hal is and yet none of them are around to help stop it you saw how many of these green lanterns there were um and you know so they rush through even the idea of them coming to help um our villain he automatically cuts himself and gets infected and then starts to have this turn and has these powers and then he's bad for a minute and then he's dead and then it's back to parallax again and yeah. then it's on how all of a sudden just a little two second pep talk from Blake Lively and he's ready to go and and fight the, the big bad by himself that all these Green Lantern people couldn't fight on their own. It's why we say that this movie feels like it's from it's from a few years before yes that's why from, i always because... like oh, yeah this was from 2011 because this feels like it had nothing to go off of in terms of like how do we tell this story how do we make it interesting and dynamic we're just no, it winging feels, it, it feels know? about as close in terms of maybe not quality but i, I suppose style it feels as close in style to 2005's Fantastic Four or something like that. I, well, I, mean, I mean, in terms of style, I actually yeah. think that is probably a better movie. Well, I, I'd like to say... a rounded movie. But yes. style-wise, tone-wise, I think it's more that as opposed to something that came out post the start of the MCU, post Dark Knight, you know, of that kind of, oh, we've got to start treating things a little bit more seriously now yes this well, I, feels that's what still I... in the mid-2000s realm of silliness yeah and i don't love i don't love that it feels like that yeah even I though mean... i do like some of those movies that did come out of that 
period of time. I know. Like I, I, I am somebody who unabashedly says I love that early era of comic book movies, the early two thousands, where things were kind of messy and sloppy and didn't quite look great and were kind of silly. Um, but the fact that there was this early effort, you you gave them a bit of a pass because you know that they're kind of going off of this, trying to figure out how to bring these comic book stories and characters to life for the first time. And so you give them a bit of a pass because there is some effort there in trying to figure out how to make these characters feel real. So things yeah. like X-Men and Daredevil and, um, you know, well, it and Blade. I, and... I think it helps that the first two X-Mens are actually really good movies. Yes. So you see that there's, you know, but they're not perfect. Like, you know, the, not, costume, no. the costumes were generic and, you know, you could obviously feel like the wire work and things like that. And figuring out how to bring these characters and their powers and all of that to life. Um, so you do get a bit of a pass because they're kind of in the beginning stages of how, how to make that happen. But by 2011, you have a blueprint now of what works, what doesn't really work. So then to go yeah. into this movie really just being so lazy and surface and not delving into anything deeper um, and just kind of trying to hit, okay, we have to hit this beat, we have to hit that beat, and then our finale. And there's nothing really special about it. There's nothing stand out about it. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't give you really much to, to enjoy or work from or, you know, get excited about. There's not even like a really cool fight scene that you can be like, oh my gosh, well, at least that no, one part not, was I really mean, cool. You know, the closest you get to that is when Hal Jordan saves, is it Senator Tim Robbins with, creating a race car, car track. track yeah or that's like the probably the yeah that's probably the most dynamic power. and even the things that he creates are not super creative no it's like it's a machine like gun a and a chainsaw and a giant fist and then oh he's a pilot so we sword. gotta do jet planes and yeah sword and just very basic kind of things that he's creating um so nothing like cool or fun or you know i don't know just like what a teenage boy would think. <laughs> it is a little bit what a te- it is a little bit teenage yeah. boy, isn't it? I suppose. But yeah. is that the character of Hal Jordan? See, I am I led to believe like, he yeah. is quite kind uh, of like a, that immature. You know, he's immature and incredibly kind of, I suppose, somewhat unlikable. Tony Stark without the intelligence. Uh, you know, o- almost that kind of idea. Who has to? you know, look in on himself, be introspective and grow to be a noble figure. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, you know, is isn't inherently a noble figure. So I, I I don't I don't hate that idea, but I, I, I do think that's from what I understand what Hal Jordan is, but still whether it works in this movie or not, it, it doesn't really. It, yeah, it feels and our... Yeah. off yes and like, like but I said, it's like, not through any fault i don't think it's through no. any fault of the people in the movie of the actors in the movie because i don't think ryan reynolds ryan reynolds isn't doing anything wrong he's doing his same old thing and it works but you know in the context of what he's given to do he's doing what he can all yeah. of the i think all the actors are they're not really given much to work with they're not really given anything deeper like again like when i talk about parallax and i say you know it's this big twist reveal the parallax was one of them so you know there should be this bigger fear of him because he understands how they think and then that should make Hal even more special because he's so different he's so outside he's so new to this that he can find his own way yeah, that's different and and bring something to the table with the core and show them, well, you know, hey, I can bring this to the table that you haven't thought of that this villain won't have thought of because I'm something he's never dealt with before. Something, you know, play into that, play into the fear that he's dealing with about, you know, all this past stuff that he hasn't dealt with, with the loss of his father and yeah. that potentially corrupting him and him having to overcome that something. But they keep it just so on the surface that they don't delve any deeper, that the characters aren't interesting or exciting. You don't really care. You're just kind of like, okay, these characters are doing some things. It's competent enough of a story, but there's nothing here really getting me excited about this movie. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it is a shame because we have 
really good actors in here. We have really yeah. good actors in here who have done and certainly gone on to done great superhero movie work. I know. I mean, we have Angela Bassett in this movie as Amanda Waller. Like, and she's doing like she's she's acting her butt off like she always does in this movie she's in this small little in part. The movie. Yes, but like just her delivery of lines is just so yeah. serious and spot on. Like she's taking it seriously and she's doing what she needs to do. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't think she holds a candle to Viola Davis though. I think. Well, she... yeah, because she's not that version of Amanda. Amanda Waller wasn't a scientist, as far as I know. No, no, that's true. It's a you weird know, version of Amanda Waller. Yes, this, like I think there's versions of her in the comic where she's like an agent, so she like has a gun and she's like actually fighting and stuff, or she's just this boss, you know, in charge of you know, like big big serious things and teams and all that so um yeah they kind of totally changed up the characters i think they were trying to build to this big universe of yeah. of her doing more um but yeah just funny that this movie is just full of people who either were in in comic book movies in their past or went on to do more comic book movies obviously ryan reynolds he did uh x-men origins before this and then went on to do a better version of Deadpool in those movies. You know, Tamara Morrison ends up in Aquaman. Uh, Tim Robbins was in Howard the Duck. <laughs> Angela Bassett, I mean, obviously. <laughs> right? I think it counts. It's Marvel. Hey. You know, um, Tim, oh, wait, it counts, but it doesn't count as doing good comic book movie work. I Did I say it was good? Did I say any of this happened? Uh, well, I'm, I saying, just, I'm saying we have people in here who have gone on and perhaps previously did good comic book movie work. Well, I'm not Tim saying good. I'm just saying couldn't really consider. I'm just saying people in the this movie is like a breeding ground for people who have either been in superhero movies prior to this or went on to do superhero movies. Yes, yeah, it like is funny. It is a whole funny kind of thing. Obviously, Angela Bassett going on to Black Panther, um, Taika Waititi, you know, going yeah. on to direct films and be Korg in the Thor movies. Uh, this was like the She's first time I'd how... seen him in in anything. It, yeah, it's weird how he's in this because I think he'd only done that movie Boy before this. Yeah. And maybe shown up in, I suppose he would have shown up and, and directed or written a bit of Flight of the Concords before 2011. But he's he's barely anything at this point. He's he's not yeah. a known figure. So then when I saw him doing all these big things and stuff, I'm like, that guy from the Green Lantern. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's um, yeah, you kind of. It was always that. it was always what we do in the shadows that hyped up Tyker to yeah. what he's become today. Yes, um, but yeah, it's weird to see him in this. Um, Mark Strong, obviously, as Sinestro, oh, yeah. I think he's probably the strongest actor in the movie. He's yeah. obviously gone on to be Savannah in Shazam as well, of which he was good in. To, I, I I don't think Mark Strong's necessarily got he's got now multiple superhero characters behind him, but I still don't think he's got one that he deserves. Yeah, I mean he popped up in in Kick Ass. He was also in you know the in the Kingsman movies, which was a great yeah. switch up because he's actually a good guy in that. And you like. Yeah actually really like him so just a testament to his skill that he's always pretty much a villain and everything but even when he's playing a good guy you really like him um, well sinestro's not even technically a villain yet in this movie yeah i was aware i knew about kind of that sinestro being a green lantern villain mid that mid credit scene but i mean because yeah. he's red he, he has a little mustache and his name is sinestro like i mean his name is sinister yes it is um he has yeah. a widow's peak Apparently, his entire look, and I love this, Sinestro's entire design, not just in this movie, but in general, is based off of David Niven, which I just <laughs> yes, love. I see that. Because he's got I a tiny it. little pencil mustache. He does, and, and the widow's, widow's peak. peak. Yes, and kind of the bigger, more bulbous. <laughs> it's like it's like Doctor Strange being based off Vincent Price. That was always the, yes, the, the comparison. design choice. Yes, yeah, I, I can definitely I see that. But yes, Mark Strong probably, like you said, probably the the strongest actor in the movie. Yeah, um, and that wasn't even a pun. I think he is. Yes, and then the you know Peter Sarsgaard and going on to be in the new uh, Robert Pattinson Batman movie. So he was, yes. Yeah. Although he he's not got necessarily a huge superhero role. Behind no, him. 
No. But he's a you know he's a great actor as well. He's a yeah. particularly a good kind of weaselly villain actor. Yes, yes. But um, no, he, he's he's really good, and I do, I I do like Sinestro in this movie. Um, the somewhat little you do get of him, I do. Yeah, like they I tease find his this. Very interesting because he's he's very self-contained, I suppose, isn't he? He's very kind of stubborn and and seemingly a lone wolf. Obviously, thinks himself better than everybody else, but that's probably because he is better than everybody else. Yes, but they again more things you could have played with. Like they tease this antagonistic relationship between him and Hal. Maybe some underlying jealousy because you know, uh, Tamora Morrison's character was like his mentor, his friend, and the ring ended up choosing Hal, and um, so maybe some kind of jealousy. He loses his friend only to get this human who knows nothing, who doesn't seem to care. And have that antagonistic kind of relationship build as they train. And then ultimately him being able to be the one to help tap into what Hal needs to tap into to be a good Green Lantern. Um, but they literally only have that kind of one major scene where he comes in to, to train with him. Yeah. And, and then Hal quits. And that's kind of all we really get from that. Which, you know the little kind of glimmers we got of that antagonistic relationship were really brewing something interesting. And then they just kind of fizzles out like so many yeah. other things in this movie. And that's, that's one of the elements that I was talking about before that have such a good base that I'm actually really interested in and want to see more of it. So I've, I've got to give the, this movie credit for, I suppose, introducing me more to the elements of Green Lantern, but should I give a movie, should I give a Green Lantern movie credit for introducing me to elements of Green Lantern? I mean, what is it supposed to do? Yeah. You know, at the absolute basic level, if it's good, if it's the best movie ever or the absolute worst movie ever, it will, as a fact, introduce me to elements of Green Lantern. So should I consider that a positive? I don't know. But yeah. like I said, does it make me want to go and read some Green Lantern? Make me want to see a better version of Green Lantern in the near future? Yes, absolutely it does. And I can't say that for Steel, for example. I don't want to go and read Steel. Yes, Steel well, didn't make me want to go and read Steel. I'm excited for a certain point when we do this series, but with Marvel... If, you know, you said the Daredevil series inspired you to read comics. I'm wondering if you could say the same about the movie once you see it. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know, would I? Because it isn't my first introduction. I think I can only say that when it's my first introduction. Yeah. Um, And that's always been, like you said, that's always been my barometer. It's, I, and I think it, it's serviced me well. I yeah. think thinking no, I think like that. Really fair. I think it's a really movie. fair thing to judge a comic book movie on. If you know this interpretation of the character, if it gave me something to want to learn more and seek out more about this character, if it gave me the nuggets I needed to to really want to 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 learn more or if it was just so bad or so just like lackluster that i want to see if there's a better interpretation out there yeah yeah which which this movie does Definitely fall under is. that unfortunately <laughs> yeah. but thankfully it's a a better movie than the previous two we've done even though i'd still out of the three Sooner go and watch Steel. Steel. Yes, it's just so ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, this one is a competently made movie. It, it's, you know, story structure is fine. It hits all the beats that, you, that a movie like this, you know, attempts to hit. We just don't go any deeper than, you know, the basic surface level. And and that's what's disappointing because it had... And the visual a, effects are awful. Yes, and it had a lot of really interesting themes that they kind of just, you know, scraped the surface of, but just didn't yeah. bother to take the time. And they had the time, because it was so short, to really dig deeper into some things, and they just kind of 
left things easily resolved and easily tied up and you know and, and you know you could use that time for action if you don't want to delve into getting to know any of these characters any better then give us a lot of crazy action and we didn't really get that either so no someone else we didn't mention in in our uh the fact or in the fact that this movie houses a lot of other superhero actors is is the voice of parallax is clancy brown who oh yeah went on to do the voice of surter in ragnar in thor ragnarok yes destroying yes. asgard mm -hmm. which is the better role well at least surter actually did something Yes. Oh, Michael you know. Clark Duncan as well. He was a voice of Michael Clark. Clark Duncan. Yes. Yeah, who played the Kingpin. He was a great Kingpin. So, yeah. Yeah, and Michael Clark Duncan's barely in this movie. I mean, yeah. what's his what's his name in this movie? He's I don't even remember. He's some... trainer person. Yeah, he's like the train the person who trains him, and then you know Jeffrey Rush kind of being an ally to him. They could have played with that too and built that relationship. He's the one who kind of shows him and explains to him and gives him all. He narrates the beginning of the movie. He does. Um, yes. So, which I, I always do like. I'll give credit to this. I always do like when you know particular superheroes' first movies have a little bit of opening exposition narration i always do like that here is the planet oa where the green lantern core for centuries and they had these guardians and it was a, a terrible um entity that they defeated banished forever but is that entity back now in this movie here they all are it's very good it's a very simple way of explaining something. It's a very simple yes. way of setting and a scene, of contextualizing they, a movie. Yes. But it always works, and I always think it's a good thing to have yeah. in there. But then they keep that simplicity for the rest of their movie. Um, And Jeffrey Rush, they, they really set him up as a bit of an ally. So he could have played this kind of, you know across the spider versus spider punk role to Hal, and just, you know, when yeah. everyone's against him and not thinking he's good enough obviously this character shows him a bit of kindness and sees something in him. And he's the one who kind of keeps reminding him that, you know, the ring chose you for a reason. So you have to, even if, even if you don't see it, it chose you for a specific reason. And the ring is never wrong. So the fact that he's this character encouraging Hal, reminding him when everyone else is against him, he could have been this ally character to come in and help him and get the other core to come help him or something. But again, these really interesting character things that they could have played into that they just, no we're not gonna yeah. do that <laughs> i suppose we should mention as well that the ring that does choose hal jordan is actually arbin sir's ring the greatest green lantern warrior ever to moira morrison yeah <laughs> who you know sinestro's not happy about that is he He's not yeah. happier. His illustrious mentor, who yeah, has that's what I'm saying. They could have such a figure the... of greatness in the Green Lantern Corps. Chooses this loser. Chooses yeah, this pathetic creature from Earth. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Another thing they could have played into with this antagonistic relationship between Sinestro and Hal, and him having this pent up jealousy, and then that maybe pushing him towards the fear, and we see glimmers of him kind of considering, you know and fighting against fear but we only see like that two seconds of it in this little mid-credit scene which feels like it's yeah. out of nowhere so at least if we see some type of pushback or failure him thinking Hal doesn't fit and then you know being pissed that Hal proved him wrong or something and nobody listening to him or whatever or you know him trying to step into that leadership role with Tamara Morrison's character now gone and nobody really wanting to listen to him and that pushing him towards the fear something but they just they don't do anything you have these great actors you have some interesting surface level character things and you just don't go anywhere with it so it's just not an exciting superhero movie and that's what you want in a superhero movie to for it to be exciting of course you do of course you do and it's really unfortunate i'm glad i'm glad i've watched the movie i'm glad i have the knowledge and the context of this yes. movie I, I I think it's a lot of the time unfairly considered Malign. one of the worst <laughs> superhero movies because I just think it's mediocre. Yes, and I think that's it's why we not were hesitant. Horrendous. 
Yes. And I think that's why we were hesitant to just straight up call this series bad DC movies. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I think that's subjective and you can always find something fun in any of these movies. Uh, maybe not Catwoman, but I think it was still fun to kind of laugh at no, that movie. No, I can definitely so Yes. I mean, Catwoman. basketball scene alone, ridiculous. Um, so I, that's why I think we were very much like, we don't want to just say bad DC movies because even what we're going to be talking next week is kind of become this cult classic and a really loved film amongst comic book fans and fans who know this character well. So yeah, we didn't want to say outright bad DC films is what we were covering this month because that's subjective and I think you can find, and I was really curious if you could find something in any of these movies that you at least got some enjoyment out of or some perspective of, or at least like, this movie and at least be happy that you now have the context of this film and can judge for yourself and say well I don't think it's as bad as people said it was um so at least if you can yeah. get something like that out of this series like I'm, I'm happy because we never have inherently picked films that like are critically bad or anything like that we've always picked movies that you know I I enjoy that I know that you might find something in even if you don't think it's your favorite movie like it's mine but I know you could find something you enjoy in it some movies that are critically you know um loved or movies that are loved by fans things like that like we always do movies like that but um to actually pick things that you know people have you know not very have positive opinions on is rare for us so i was really curious to see what was going to come out of this series for you and so i'm happy that you are at least finding some things to to um latch on to in this series for sure <laughs> yeah and if, if nothing else it gives me hope that a future green lantern movie does something totally different than this yeah movie. yeah and you'll because have, the have this movie to say let's not do that again yeah so faith there and i think we you know we uh we should get that i think green yeah. lantern deserves a really good top quality movie because obviously the green lantern core is a massive part green lantern all all interpretations are huge dc characters yeah. that haven't had a good you know movie to their name have had this movie to their name have yeah. had good animated interpretations you know but major movie think about how many comic book characters superheroes have now had major movies and tv shows to their name some of which are really small characters but have yeah. been done really well in major movies and tv that you know characters like green lantern must be sat there thinking well why don't we have that surely we should have that look at everybody else who's this over here who's got such a great movie i've never even heard of them yeah people have heard of me why do i get that terrible movie from 2011 <laughs> not that it's a terrible movie but you know yeah. what i mean they must be sat there thinking that yeah and i think it's unfair i think it's just unfair i agree <laughs> when when characters like um i don't know for example even the guardians of the galaxy when they have such a great trilogy behind them now as well as all these other you know um appearances in in a couple of avengers movies and all that yeah, kind of stuff christmas special who the hell are they yeah. who the hell are they compared to the character of green lantern right the nobody the nobody yeah. compared to the but somehow bizarre you love them so much more because again there was focus on the characters there was focus on the arcs and and really getting to know them and care about them and and really loving the relationship they build with each other and the relationships made in those movies whereas this movie didn't care about really any of that <laughs> yeah it's weird it's weird yeah. but i'm thankful i've seen it and it's not as bad as I think a lot of people say it is. But yes. I'm certainly looking forward to next week's movie. Because yes. like you said, it, it, it has become a cult favourite. I somehow think I'm actually going to enjoy it. Because I just think it's going to be a bit weird, a bit out there. Yeah. A bit strange. and But actually like one of those superhero movies that people thought 
was supposed to be something wasn't that something and that's why they quote-unquote didn't like it yeah because it wasn't what it was expected to be but that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad i feel like that is the mentality of this movie because what is this that we're going to be rounding out the fringe dc movie series with next week we are going to be talking Constantine next week. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is Keanu Reeves' Constantine. Yes. From 2005. Which I am. I'm. I'm led to believe that the character is a British character. So the fact. Yes, that... I believe he's actually a Scouse character. I believe he's from <laughs> Liverpool, technically. Which I can't even come close to imagining Keanu Reeves trying to attempt to scout. I mean, I mean, we got his basic British accent in Bram Stoker's Dracula. We did. If you remember how that if you remember how that went. I don't think anyone was asking him to do any accents, but this is actually a character, I guess, aside from John Wick at this point, that he said he would love to revisit. So, Well, he the fact is... Um, I, I think Constantine. I know Constantine to be a a British character. Obviously, um, is it just British erasure? Right. Well, like I mean, just all the nonsense people are spouting about erasure from the point to like ginger erasure. Yeah, um, I think this is British erasure. Where was the Where was the outrage when this <laughs> non-British man was playing this British character? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I will Nobody be bringing. Cared. Nobody that. cared. <laughs> Nobody cared. It probably doesn't matter, does it? That's why. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm not massively familiar with Constantine either, or with John yeah. Constantine. But um, I do know he's supposed to be. I believe he is Scouse. I believe he is supposed to be from Liverpool. Which is very strange. Why would you have a Scouse superhero? I know he's not a superhero. He's like a detective, isn't he? Yeah, and like with supernatural, like angels and demons. Yeah, and devils it's interesting. And... Yeah, I've always been semi-interested in Constantine, so I hope. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be your life what... for sure. I've only seen it one time, so. Yeah, I hope this movie does what I have spoke about comic book movies wanting to do for me which is okay. make me go and read seek make out me more. go and learn more yeah seek out more exactly but yes i'm excited Yay. i'm excited um there we go i think for this episode of morgan hasn't seen janine talking about 2011's green lantern with ryan reynolds blake lively and uh, peter sarsgaard and mark strong and yes. everybody else who was in this movie as well. And Constantine, next week, and unless we have anything else to say, Janine, we're going to call the episode there. Or yes. would you just like to announce, not announce, that's the wrong word, would you just like to divulge what other shows we have on this podcast feed? Uh, yes, of course. Um, every Monday we have our Monday show, Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine, where we get into some fun movie news topics. Uh, and then we have a review uh, or get into some really interesting discussion. And then we play a game. So it's a really just fun, chill show that you can listen to on this very podcast feed. Or you can actually watch it on the It's Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. It's our YouTube show, our first YouTube kind of regular weekly show. Uh, we've had a blast doing it we kind of hit our year mark a few weeks ago so very we cool. did yeah. yes so check out monday madness right here on this feed or on the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel we also have a ton of fun things on the youtube channel so check that out like share subscribe do all of the things uh and then of course every friday we have the main show it's a wonderful podcast where we give love to classic films uh so yeah check that out right here yes. on the podcast feed Subscribe to this podcast feed wherever you are listening to this on all major podcast platforms. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. Or, as Janine said, we have the YouTube channel as well. It's a Wonderful podcast on YouTube. Go and subscribe. 
ding the notification bell over there. And if you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any way, there are links in the description of this episode uh, to go and do that or go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that is right for you and uh, support us that way. If you are feeling particularly generous, we would love you forever, much like we love all our dear It's a Wonderful podcast patrons. You can, of course, just also find us on social media, on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dom with a three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at The Purple Dom. All your green stuff is where. <laughs> you can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, just check the description in or the link in the description <laughs> or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Yes, well, there we go. I do think there's only one thing left to do. Um, Janine, there's there's not another impression, is there? I mean, why no, isn't there really? Could you do a Ryan Reynolds impression? I mean, what does that even sound like? No, not really. You can't do a Ryan Reynolds impression? I can't do... do I can't do aloof white man very well. Aloof white <laughs> he is, yes. That's a good description <laughs> of Ryan Reynolds. Well... Just do whatever you want. Go ahead. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.